finally back. I know I said that last time, but I'm Daniel. And I'm Alex. And welcome back to Magic with a K. So we know that it's been a while, obviously. We've had a lot of life stuff. We've gotten sick. We've had all kinds of other issues going on. But we're back. We are back. So tonight we're actually going to talk about a ghost hunt we did this past Saturday. So almost a week ago, we went and did a ghost hunt in the local area. And I know we said we were going to talk about divination on this episode, but we're actually going to veer off and talk about this ghost hunt we did. And we'll do divination next week. That's right. So we are actually going to start doing this, as we said, getting back on the horse, so to speak, so that way y'all can hear our lovely voices and hear our ramblings yes. that we have. So we went up to a place that's actually, it's had several investigations done on it over the years. It's somewhat of a popular haunt for anybody that knows the area and it was actually a lot of fun oh yeah um we drove about 40 ish minutes mm -hmm. away from uh where we live mm -hmm. um to what is essentially an abandoned shopping center slash apartment complex yeah and it's like i said it's been investigated before and the person we went with has investigated there several times over the years so he actually knows the layout of the place pretty well and we got to meet the owner and talk to him about some of the history of the place and everything like that. So that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so one of the things the owner had asked was, does anyone here have any gifts? Um, which was interesting because I thought my affinity for animals would be not useful in this situation. <laughs> and as it turned out, yeah. that was not accurate. My affinity for animals really made me a good person to be in that location at that time. Yeah, there was actually a, uh, a ghost cat that stuck to her pretty much through the whole investigation. Yeah. And we actually, that was probably one of the few EVPs we picked up yeah. was that cat meowing. Yes. Like audibly to where you could hear it in the room and there were no other, obviously no other cats there. No other animals or anything like that. That was the thing that we all noticed is there were no animal presences in the building at all. The yeah. only ones, the only animal presences we saw were some spiders, but not really even enough to justify how unused and unoccupied the space is. Right. I probably have more spiders in my house <laughs> than was in this location. There were no rat droppings, there were no mouse droppings, there was no paw prints, there was no snake skins. There was no animal presence there, except the ghost or spirit of this cat that stuck to me like a burr. Yeah, and you know, we, we saw a, a couple of entities looking around at us. Uh, none of them got real close, just kind of checking us out because obviously we were new there, plus we... <laughs> We did bring all of our stuff just in case. So, you know, like I had uh, Palo Santo wood on me. I had, of course, some obsidian on me. Uh, we had salt. We had some Florida water that somebody spilled on their hands. Yeah. Um, you also had dragon's blood with I you. I did have dragon's blood with me. Um, we both brought tobacco with us. Yep. Uh, we actually left coins and tobacco as an offering. Um, so... Uh, you know, uh, I, I think the combination of us being new to the area, 
um, having never been there before, and us coming in somewhat armed. Right. Is why we didn't experience a whole lot of activity. Right, and that's even That's not to say we didn't experience any activity. Oh, right. We definitely did. Yeah. Uh, But the the person we were with, he even commented on the fact that, yeah, he he usually got way more activity, and I'm like, well, yeah, and we talked about it actually a couple days later, and I said, well, yeah, you, you brought two people that are, you know, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm an experienced exorcist. She is, too. It's like we don't put up with foul spirits. And, yeah, we came in armed. Yeah, you brought, you know, a full-blown witch to <laughs> the haunted house. Right. Um, and to say that we came in armed, and we did, um, is not to say that we went into the home intending to cleanse it or oh, exercise no. it or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, if you're walking into the mob, you don't walk in unarmed. Right. Okay. You at least make sure you've got to get a, an exit plan. Right. And so, overall, I think it went pretty well as far as that. Because, like I said, they did. They looked around at corners at us. They actually really was funny at one point they started moving a tarp that there's a spot that everybody uses as kind of a base camp within the building and there's a couple of tarps and the one tarp that's there because that's the other part this place had where we were at there was no airflow there was no fans there's there's nothing like that going on there's no air conditioning in the building uh there's also no heat (laughs) which wasn't a big deal because it was july and while there are some open windows yeah. in the building, they were several rooms away. Uh, yeah, they weren't near us, and there's no way to really create a draft. We yeah. figured that out pretty quick, testing that theory. But they did. They moved the tarp several times. Mm-hmm. And the cat, which was really funny, so when the cat would leave the room, the cat would make sure to ruffle the tarp at the bottom, mm-hmm. not near where we had seen it be ruffled, up near like where basically chest level for most human beings. Which was an interesting part because obviously the cat didn't set off any of the EMP detectors, and we got very little EMP activity. Yes, we did. Um, and the, the interesting thing is that animal spirits and animal ghosts just don't operate the way human ones do. Um, they usually don't set it off. And the best we could figure is the reason the cat was sticking to us so much is that the cat is very used to people coming in and looking for human ghosts and human spirits. Mm -hmm. They're not used to people who can recognize an animal ghost or an animal spirit. Right. Or interact with them. Right. Because while the cat was brushing up against my legs and playing with me the whole time, and again, I was not the only one who knew the cat was there. Right. But I was the one the cat was playing with. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, it became just a kind of a funny thing to have the cat interact with her, and then, like, we would go investigate other rooms, and the cat would follow. And so that was kind of an interesting part, too, was I knew that the other spirits that were there know about the cat. Yeah. So that was kind of a really funny part for me was, well, if you see the cat's okay with us, I, you know, once again... It, People are people no matter what, and so they, they're shy, some of them, I'm sure, yeah. or some of them just didn't know what to make of us, because I'm sure we probably, uh, not to get sued by Stephen King, but, you know, a little bit of shining, I'm sure, going yeah. on, yeah. you know, in our auras, 
that let them know that hey, there's something different about these hunters that yeah. came in here, and because it, we even told them we weren't going to cleanse. Yeah, like we told the owner, we told the spirits there, yeah. we were like, we have no intention of doing anything. We right. left, we left our gear at the front door. Yeah. Um, Once but, we were confident that everything yeah. was all right. Yeah. yeah. Once we were confident that we were safe, we left our gear at the front door. Um, but also. You know, most of the people who go in and investigate are definitely muggles. Well, that is true, too. Not to get sued by J.K. Rowling. Right, there <laughs> but, you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and, and we joke around about that in the supernatural and occult community. Very often, it's very common to call non-magical practitioners muggles. Yeah. Um, just is. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and, you know, so... There was one, there's a, one room, and we walked in, and there was a uh, fake pig. Oh, yeah. Hanging from the ceiling. So they use this place also as a haunted house at times. Yeah. It hasn't been open since COVID hit, Mm -hmm. and therefore nobody's been in there other than, I think, some work crews every now and again, and there have been a few investigators in the last couple of years but yeah, that's the reason that, to give you context, it's, yeah, that's why it's hanging there. So there's a, a fake half of a pig hanging from the ceiling to make this room look like a butcher shop. Right. We walk in, and the pig is completely stationary, because remember, there's no drafts, there's no animals, <laughs> there's nothing that is going to cause anything to move. And we actually noticed it, because there were other things hanging in other areas, vines, a swing in one room, Yeah. and they didn't move. Um, and we walked into this room, and the, the pig was not moving, and uh, we walked past it, the three of us, and then we looped back and walked back, and it was spinning. Yeah, and that we checked the, so I was checking to see, okay, you know, is there something attached, like the rope's attached to something that, you know, could be potentially operated, you know, somebody could have hit something. Yeah. There's nothing. It's, yeah. So it had to be, and, and then I pushed it mm-hmm. just to see. I mean, it, it takes a little bit of force to actually push the daggum thing. Well, and then eventually the spinning slowed down and yep, it started and it stopped. stopped mm-hmm. And then it started spinning again. Yeah, when we asked him to spin it again. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and while it's spinning, we noticed we're not getting any EMP off of this yeah. room, anything off of this plastic pig thing. No EVPs. Nothing. We're not getting anything. Yeah. Um, and one of the conversations we had on the way home is... We've noticed, and and other investigators have noticed too, a lot of the tools that investigators have used in these haunted houses and haunted areas to recognize ghosts, um, the recordings, the the EVP, uh, all that stuff, modern ghosts are getting better and better at avoiding Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually kind of funny. Because, yeah, it's, it's one of those, it seems like if they don't want to be found, they're not going to be found, that type of deal. And, yeah, like I said, we're going to go back there. Um, we'll probably go back there maybe next month and do another investigation out there just to see. Because that was the other part when talking to the individual we went with. He basically got to know the place over some time and that's when he started having stuff happen yeah when he was there he started having encounters he started having all kinds of things and it was the same thing that it was basically the same thing the owner told us as well 
because he came into it not even believing in any of that stuff. Yeah. And it probably took, I think he said it took probably about six months mm -hmm. before he had his first encounter. So that actually doesn't surprise me as they kind of get used to you and then figure out that, okay, you know, you're not here to hurt us or you're not here to do anything wacky or weird yeah. in their minds. And so, yeah, they start basically revealing themselves type deal. Uh, the Yeah, the place, the place is at least probably 150 years old. Yeah. And it has a, a long and sordid history of being different things. And one of the things that I'm really wondering about is, since it is where it sits, there's actually, it was a, a stop on the trains for some of the things that were going on in the town at the time. So my, my wondering as well is if it's not like sort of a, still a gateway type deal mm -hmm. for passing spirits. Yes. Yeah. Because what we've heard is that a lot of the people who have seen spirits who've come regularly, mm -hmm. um, don't, some of them are, are, the spirits are the same every time, but there are always new, new ones and some that you only see the one time and you never saw it before and never, and never see them again. Right. So there is the thought that it might be a, a way station, a gateway sort of right. location. Which would make sense. Oh, yeah. You know, there's different places like that, and if they acted like that during a certain period of time, then sometimes they'll keep acting like that oh. as long as the building exists, basically. Mm -hmm. You can even rip up the train tracks, and sometimes those buildings still act like that. But it was, it was, like I said, it was a lot of fun, and that's what, you know, just letting y'all know that that's one of the things we did while we were, yes, <laughs> while we were we off here. We were away. Um, and, you know, it, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. It was very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, it's neither of our first time doing investigations no. or, or going into a haunted building, but it is the first time we ever did it together. That's true. That was fun. That was fun. Um, and it was interesting trying to... Uh, communicate uh one of the things that was interesting is we got there um we were talking to the owner and to uh daniel's friend who had met us there and we go to start walking in and we probably had gone three steps before i said there's a cat here mm -hmm. yeah i came to meet you pretty quick and the owner goes i don't think there's any animals here i'm like no there's a cat right here yeah so when we return i will be bringing some cat food <laughs> we'll be bringing cat food as an offering. Yeah, I'm sure the cat will appreciate that. I'm sure the cat will appreciate it. Uh, and, you know, the funny part, here's the other funny part, was I was told by my buddy that every now and again, when he goes there, either something follows him home, even though he does all the stuff that he's supposed to to try to make sure that doesn't happen, mm -hmm. but sometimes things follow him home, or he has, like, residual mm -hmm. that causes problems sometimes with, like, you know, he gets into, uh, like, an extra fight with the wife or something like that. Yeah, that's and, a residual energy. Right. And this time he talked about that didn't happen, and I said, well, I said, yeah, it doesn't happen to me. And it doesn't typically happen to me. Yeah. Um, and, and that is to say that I invited the cat to, to return home with me. Yeah. Um, and the cat chose not to come home. Right. Um, well, he is home. He is home. All right. Yeah, he, he chose not to return to with me. Um, I imagine I'll be greeted very warmly when I return by said animal. But, Absolutely. Um, the cat is happy where he is. Uh, 
just excited to be recognized for once. Right, which, like you said, a lot of them ignore because they're just looking for human spirits uh-huh. instead. And that makes makes a lot of sense. But Which is also brings us back to when you're watching those shows about ghost hunting and stuff like that, when they talk about, you know, I felt something brush my leg. Well, it may not be a spirit, or at least not a human spirit. Yes. Um, people forget that animals die, and animals leave spirits behind, too. They can, yeah. Um, not all of them. Right. Some of them do. Um, now, the one thing we did not do, and like we were going to talk about divination, and like I said, we'll talk about that next week, but one of the things we did not do that we had been told had been done there before, which is people have used a Ouija board inside that place. Yes. Um, I wouldn't advise that. That's just me. Once again, Ouija boards are another tool, and I, and I get, get that as well, and as long as you know what you're doing, you're fine. But using them, one, in a place where you've never been before, Yeah. and you don't know... Who might come onto that board? Um, so as a experienced practitioner, mm-hmm. experienced diviner, I don't use a Ouija board. Oh, okay. It is not something I have used since I was a teenager. It is not something I intend to use. Um, they can be fun. They can be a lot of fun. Yeah. But like any tool, there are risks yep. and complications that come along with it, and it is not how I conduct my practice. And Ouija board uses a lot more necromantic. It does, yeah. In, um, influences and energies. Right. Then I'm comfortable using in my divination practices. I got you. I mean, just as a personal thing, um, I would never. I mean, I didn't bring my runes or my tarot cards or my bones right. either. Right. I don't. I, didn't I don't divine inside in, in, inside a haunted yeah. location. It's. Um, <laughs> The dead can influence those, and the dead don't always tell you what the truth or what you need to hear. Right. They tell you what they want to say, and I right. don't like necro. I, I just don't like um, dead necromantic influences on my divination. Right, I understand. And you know, when you're, if anybody out there, if, if you're playing with a Ouija board stuff like that, like I said, there's rules to it. Even though I know when you get the box, it doesn't come with rules. There are rules to the to the thing, and yeah, it. Remember, don't ask anything stupid, which is the other part. That's what people do all the time. Yeah. And that's usually what leads to some really bad experiences. That's what leads to some bad hauntings, stuff like that. Which is what I was kind of wondering when, you know, he told me that somebody did that in an investigation, I don't know, several years ago. And I'm like, that's, one, not smart. But two, it's, that really can influence, potentially, some of the spirits there, well, and, or that are allowed to be there. And we've talked about the way um, media has shown. Oh yeah. Um, supernatural stuff. Yeah. And the occult. Yeah. A lot. That's definitely something we've discussed a lot. Yeah. Um, and the way, if you look at the way, um, paranormal investigations and um, ghost investigations are done, like we are looking at. The reality show versions. Right. You'll notice that those people don't bring in Ouija boards. Right. When you see people do a Ouija board in a haunted house, it's a movie. It's a TV show. Right. It's a highly scripted event. Um, with CGI. With CGI. Um, and probably not in a haunted location. And the reason is because actual professionals don't usually do that. Right. That's just not one of the tools what we have in our bag. Um <laughs> But when uh, Daniel called me up and said, hey, you want to go on a ghost hunt? 
I said, you know, the first thing I said was, yeah. And the second thing I said is, are we cleansing or are we visiting? Right. And it's just a visitation. Because there are two different sets of kids that you pack. Very much so. Um, but yes, it was, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, the next day, I invited Daniel to a local gathering of witches in our town. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Through a weird quirk of fate, um, my town has a local Facebook group of witches. Um, we sort of all accidentally came out of the woodwork one day and realized how many of us there were, and we created a Facebook group, which is great. Um, and a fun thing is that I know, like, four people on the Facebook group prior to the gathering. Most of the people on the Facebook group know, like, two or three people. Mm-hmm. No one knows all of us, but it, it's nice to have that sort of repository. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also nice to know that there is this outlet for community right. that a lot of witches just don't have access to. You know, I've told Daniel this many times. Um, the thing I miss the most about being a Christian, in fact, possibly one of the only things I miss about being a Christian. <laughs> is the fellowship in the community. Right. It it really is, it was something I loved having, it's something I greatly miss, so having access to that was real, is really awesome, Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and it was, you know, not a huge gathering, there was, yeah, about ten of us, and mostly we didn't even talk about witch stuff, we just got to know each other. Yeah. Which was great. Well, it was a meet and greet. It was, it was a meet and greet. Yeah. Um, and so that was, it was also fun to be able to, uh, one of the, uh, people from my coven was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so we, we just had a good old time. Yeah. And there were some interesting folks. And I mean, it was age ranges from high school, very young, to, yeah, to, um, 60 something. 60, yeah. Yeah. Probably 60s. And that was, that was actually pretty neat because some of them, you know, once again, you got people that are doing full-on, well, like you and your coven mate there, you know, are doing full-on, you know, uh, witchcraft stuff and all that. And then you had, like, uh, there was a hoodoo root worker. Uh, we had another one that's just a folk magic person. Yeah. I mean, that's what she does. And then you had a, a couple of other folks that are doing different things as well. Yeah. And nobody's, nobody's really doing the exact same thing, I would say. Mm-hmm. But it's a just a conglomeration of oh okay so you know and probably the the one that was really neat was the folk magic worker when she was talking about yeah she just kind of takes what works for her and kind of blends some stuff together mm-hmm. and does all that and it was like oh, okay all right I got you yeah so, um, you know and, and we talked um, about what it's like being um, being a witch in a heavily Christian area oh yeah. Um, and we talked about what it's like to, um, you know, because one person said that when they first moved to the area, they put pentacles in their garden. Right. And their husband was like, you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. And, and for safety reasons in this area, you probably shouldn't do yeah. that. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, um, but it's very interesting. And it was very wholesome and comforting to see in such a conservative area Mm -hmm. so many witches yeah because 
in a very real way, and I, I've told my parents this, in Christianity there is a prescription of telling everyone that you are a Christian. Yes. There's this old song I used to sing when I was a kid, um, this little light of mine, That's I'm right. going to let it shine. Yep. I'm not going to hide it under a bush, I'm not going to hide Right. I'm not going to cover it. I'm not going to blow it out. I'm just going to let it shine. I'm going to let everyone know I'm a Christian. That's right. Um, and that doesn't exist in paganism and the, the broader pagan and witchcraft community. In fact, That's why it was easy to take over. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, the, the reason it doesn't exist is because we have this history of persecution. No. I know. Um, and so it is a safety issue. A lot of us just don't tell people about it um i used to work with a local youth group not a like a youth organization and i had scouts um because it was it was scouts of the organization i worked with um boy scouts of america and i had scouts who would come up to me and say oh will you teach me this or i actually had one ask me if i would buy them tarot cards and my answer is no that's your parents um because there have been legal ramifications right um for witches and and pagan people indoctrinating for lack of a better word children um and so you know my answer is nope i will not be procuring anything for you nor teaching you anything well i will do what i do and if you want to watch that's on you but See, that's because y'all aren't as good at indoctrinating as we are. No, y'all definitely have the market cornered on the indoctrination. Yeah, that's right. By the way, that comes from somebody who uh, worked doing some psychological warfare operation stuff. Okay, so, yeah, and I, I joke about it, but I'm very serious about what I joke about. And, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's very much indoctrination, which is the reason, for instance, like, my kids knew that I was going to do the ghost hunt. They were actually excited for me, mm-hmm. but they also knew not to tell anybody, especially at church. Exactly. Right. Um, you know, it, it's <laughs> funny because I, I had a friend once talk to me and discuss. They had said, oh, well, you know, we, we know that you're a different religion, and, and we think that's great and everything, and, and we can all be friends. I'm like, yeah, we're friends. Cool. And, she, and they said, well... You know, we just ask that, that you try not to indoctrinate our kids because how would you feel if someone indo- tried to indoctrinate you, to your kids or proselytize to your kids? And I looked her straight in the face and I said, do you think they don't? Right. Um, because we've had our, our kids on the show before. and Yeah, um, our daughters. Our, yeah. our daughters specifically because our daughters are, you know, yeah, a, adults. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they've... My daughter specifically has said, yes, absolutely people have tried to proselytize and indoctrinate her her whole life. Right. Um, so it, it is, that is to say that um, pagans and witches generally as a rule are so against indoctrination and proselytization that we will say no if you ask. <laughs> um, but it, it was nice to... Uh, to get together as that community and then mm-hmm. to, you know, I, I'm sure as an outsider who, who blended in pretty well. You um, notice nobody asked me. Yeah, no one asked you, no but you volunteered no information. Nobody asked me, one, nobody asked me what I practiced. Nope. At all. Nobody, I don't think, even had any clue that, you know. That you weren't a witch. Yeah. Well, a warlock. 
That would be a male witch for all of you out there who don't know that. Um, by the way, that's a that's a great 1980s movie. A lot of fun. It's a good Warlock. It's a lot of fun. Uh, that's that's more of the you know evil dark path type deal. It's also uh, the name of the kid in um, Good Omens. Oh yeah, yeah it is. Ooh. Yeah, that was actually that was actually a lot of fun. Speaking but, of which, Good Omens season two comes out this summer for yes. anyone who is also, going to binge it like me. So since we do talk about TV, and y'all know that as well. It's one of those, I started watching the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. It oh. came out on Hulu, by the way. So the first two episodes are up. The third one comes out on Friday, next Friday. So I would suggest watching it. I love that show. It's extremely funny. Once again, don't let your kids watch it. It is for adults, okay? Yeah. And not because of any nudity or anything like that. It's just the jokes and everything like that are very adult-oriented. Yes. Also vampire-oriented, okay? Yes. Um, anyways... But yeah, it, you're right. I blended in pretty well. I I enjoyed. Well, I enjoyed one. I enjoyed meeting everybody. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And the fact that once again, so the second meeting that's being planned is we're actually going to bring like food and like for instance, I, I plan on bringing some mead mm -hmm. because I love mead, which is also the other thing. It, I really enjoy. I really do. I enjoy the celebrations for the fact that. They feed me. I think I've said that before on here. Oh, yeah. That's why you show up at that's, our Sabbath. That's one of the reasons I do show up, because it's oh. a lot of fun. Because, you know, we, we really celebrate with food. We do. And, you know, it, and I know anybody out there that's also uh, a Christian as well knows that we do too, to a certain extent, in the church. But, unfortunately, at least here as of late, especially with all the COVID stuff, which I guess is what happened with it, they kind of cut down on some of that. Yes, so there's no literal potlucks anymore, stuff like that. It's like, but yeah. Yes, yeah, so y'all can't do potlucks. Right. And doing potlucks, which is how we typically do it in our calendar right. and in our groups, um, is how we're able to have so much food for right. the amount of people that are there. Correct. Because, um, but, you know, when you're talking about a coven of a handful of families. Right. And then maybe some guests. We're right. talking... 15, 20 people tops at a gathering. Yeah. It's easy to have enough food plus leftovers for that many people. Oh, but yeah. when you're talking about, say, your church, yeah. we're talking hundreds yeah. of families. Yeah, but I'm talking about even like, and I, I mean, we've done it a couple times in like, you know, the, the Bible school stuff and everything like that, where we've only got about, you know, 15 or 20 people once again. Mm -hmm. And we'll do it occasionally, but it's like, why aren't we doing this like every month or something? Like, you know, or every every quarter would be nice. You know, that type of... Anyway, hey, I'm just complaining. Uh, <laughs> but it it does it does come back to that. It, it, and it's an, it's an ancient thing. Mm -hmm. Because we've always come together over food. Oh, yes. Coming together over food is, is how humans have bonded since the dawn of humanity. Right. So, like, the thing that we're talking about going back to the, the ghost hunt, you know, we left tobacco for them. Uh, because they can feed off the energies from the tobacco because it was straight tobacco like mm -hmm. they're it, not cigarettes or anything else straight tobacco and for those of y'all who would like to know how to get straight tobacco mm. here's the easy thing to do <laughs> and i kid you not people laugh at me as a practitioner of southern origin who uses tobacco in her craft this is where i get my tobacco i go to the gas station and i get a wood tint black and mild no flavor Right, because it's, it's straight, straight tobacco. tobacco. That's yep. all it is. It is. Yeah. There's no filter in there. 
because it's a wood tip. There's no mm -hmm. plastic in there, mm -hmm. and it's like a buck fifty. I think they've gone up a little bit. Right. So and so there you go. That's an easy way to get cheap tobacco. Right. And you know, I actually bring like I brought my actually one of my good cigars that I I smoke every now and again. No, I actually brought that, which is straight tobacco. No, there's no flavoring in it or anything like that. So, anyways, but yeah, they, you know, the spirits can feed off of the energies of that. And then, like I said, uh, some coins, which, you know, spirits every now and again, they like shiny things. Yes, but, um, you know, it's always a good idea to bring coins when dealing with the dead at all because there exists the possibility that someone is on the wrong side of the river because they cannot they can't pay. pay the rivermen, you know. Uh, you can't, if you can't pay the ferryman, you can't cross the river. So I always bring coins whenever I go to a graveyard, whenever I go to a haunted location, whenever I am in a... I carry coins on my person at all times yeah. in case I come across a ghost or a spirit. If they don't want to cross the river, if they don't want the coins, they'll just leave them. Correct. But there always exists the chance that they're stuck. Yeah. It does happen. It happens. It happens a lot. It, yeah. it happens a lot more now than it used to. Well, because we used to put coins on people's eyes. Because we used to put coins on people's eyes. For uh, two reasons. Yeah. One, it keeps the, for anybody that doesn't know, it keeps the eyelids closed, especially on the dead. Mm -hmm. Because when rigor sets in, your eyes pop open. That's what you see a lot. Uh, so, I, in my profession, I've been around a lot of dead bodies, unfortunately. And... It's not always true. Like they show in the movies sometimes that people all die with their eyes open. That doesn't happen. Uh, usually their eyes pop open because of rigor, which rigor comes and goes. Uh, once again, you can look all this stuff up. But that's why we did it, especially back in the day. Now with new modern stuff, and this is probably going to freak some people out, especially if you've had anybody recently pass and you went to their funeral, what modern morticians do is they sew the eyelids shut. So there's three typical ways that they'll get the eyes to shut so they'll sew them sometimes they'll glue them yeah or there's these special contacts that they'll use oh that have spikes on them yeah yeah i've heard about that too okay it must um, be... and it depends on the mortician and ah. the condition of the body like there's a lot of i was just saying the mortician. guys that i know here locally usually they either go for the glue or, or sewing, sewing. Yeah. they usually do not spend the money on the contacts yeah because they're one-time use pretty much yeah. where um yeah. so Anyway, uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, and the other reason we did the coins is to pay the boatmen. Um, in fact, in ancient Rome and ancient Greece, it was a capital offense to, to not, not do, do funeral, funeral honors. Right. Because a spirit that cannot cross the river yeah. is prone to psychosis and can wreak major havoc on, on the location. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it didn't matter what that person did they were getting a funeral correct and that's usually true even to this day mm -hmm. people still no matter what which is the right thing to do because you do the funeral rites mm -hmm. get them in the ground or cremation whichever well so um i had a family member pass away recently um this family member was catholic and they um were given, uh, they were in the hospital for several days before they passed, unconscious. Um, they were given a rosary and it was placed in their hand while they were last unconscious. Um, a Catholic priest was brought in to do last rites. Yeah. Um, and then the body is being cremated, has been cremated. And when we do inter those cremated remains, I will be leaving coins 
because you never know. You never know. Even if this family member chooses not to use them and chooses right. to get to the afterlife another way, maybe someone else in that um, graveyard or cemetery will which, have use of them. Which, once again, the last rites are definitely pagan. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> As someone who grew up Catholic, I've said this before, I'll say it again. There is a Catholicism to pagan pipeline. Yeah, basically. Um, it does teach you ritual, like I've said it before. It definitely does. I, I think um, yeah. you find a lot of uh, pagans and witches who are very into the high ritual often uh -huh. come out of Catholicism because right. they're just very used to it. Yeah, see, whereas, you know, like, I've basically, I really have, I've, I've, I've gone down the, the Magi pipeline, so to speak, here, mm -hmm. which has kind of been a natural thing for me as I've done Enochian stuff and mm -hmm. all that. And it is kind of interesting to see some of the similarities that are like, oh, okay. And like, we had, a, we had a good discussion both up and back about all kinds of different things. Yes. And going on with, you know, the fact that, you know, when you have, when you have all kinds of this, <laughs> for lack of a better term, gobbledygook yeah. of, okay, well, you know, we, for instance, I know people who do believe in ghosts mm -hmm. who are in the church. I know a lot of people who don't believe in ghosts who are in the church, and all, same thing. And that's you know, definitely how I was raised. I was raised with the ghosts aren't real. Right, because aspect. as soon as you die, you instantly get transported up, and there you go. There's no or down, chance. But, yeah. Well, yeah, either way. There's no chance, but people don't talk about that. You don't ever hear anybody at a funeral going, "Yeah, boy, he's down there just burning in hell." You don't ever hear that usually. At least not at the funeral. Not loudly. Uh, you well, yeah, hush. yeah, you hear it in hushed tones. Yeah, but most of the time it's like, oh, yeah, he's up there just looking down on us. He's in a better it. place. Yeah, so you, you usually hear all that, which, once again, yeah, may or may not be true. But it comes back to the, you know, you have people even outside who, who are, you know, they don't believe in ghosts or they do or whatever. And usually the folks, just like inside the church, it's the same thing because humans are humans is the reason people don't want to believe in ghosts is because it means that there is something after. Yes, And absolutely. you can talk about it all day long. You can sit up there. Shoot, I know people that can preach, you know, preach out of the Bible. And I guarantee you, you know, if, if they say they don't believe in ghosts, well, okay, then you, do you really believe? Because it's, we're not, and we keep getting told, and just like with, you know, all the, uh, I just about every one of the pagan religions I know of, it's like we're not just this flesh and bone. Like, and when we shuffle off the mortal coil, we still go on. Well, if you really believe that, then you know that there's ghosts because <laughs> they have to be here. Well, and, and there also cross. exists, you know, um, the age old argument if I'm right, oh, or, or if I'm wrong, then. If I'm right, at least I've planned for it. And if I'm wrong, well, mm. oh. oh well. Yeah. All right. I won't care. I'll be dead anyway. I won't yeah, care. Yeah, pretty much. And that's the funny part. The the dead seem to not really mind it a whole lot. Usually, there's a few that are upset, obviously, oh, yeah. especially at first. But like all those spirits that are over there at the place that we went, they all know they're dead. Oh, Every yeah. single one of them. No one was confused. Yeah. Um, 
There was no Confu confusion. Confused ghosts don't behave the way they behaved, which Correct. is very cautiously. Right. You know, peeking around corners, mm -hmm. standing in hallways, mm -hmm. you know, spying almost like children. Basically, yeah. And you're right. Yeah, they don't do that. Confused ghosts will come up to you. Yeah, they'll Wait. come right up to your face and Jeez. freak out on you. Yeah. Be one, because they're so happy that somebody can see them and hear them. And then the other part, which is... They're confused. Yeah, they really are. They're wondering why nobody else can see them or hear them. Yeah. Somebody's playing a joke on them. I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, the... Well, it's just like, you know, we've talked about Edgar Casey walking around during uh, Edgar Casey Day here. Mm -hmm. But also, my... Oh, God. That's a ghost who loves his hype. Oh, he, he enjoys being dead. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. I mean, he, he has probably more fun being dead than he did when he was alive. Oh, yeah. And here's the other part. So, I know somebody that works at the museum. Mm -hmm. They told me about, they were there by themselves one day, walking around, making sure everything was good, opening stuff up, everything like that. Well, of course, there's an exhibit there that has all of his old stuff. Mm -hmm. Guess who patted him on the back? <laughs> yeah. He, he said he he said he really, he, it freaked him out a little bit because he knew he was the only one there. Yeah. The other part was he was on the phone, and he, yeah, he feels, and he said, yeah, it felt like a man's hand pats him on the back, kind of telling him that, you know, glad he's here, you know, that type of deal. Yep. And it was over there at the exhibit. Yep. Because he was making sure the lights were on and everything was where it was supposed to be. Because I guess some things move every now and again. Surprise. Oh, huh, there's a weird thing. I have been invited to potentially go down into the basement by this individual. Oh. And apparently there's a lot of cool stuff down there, and there's cool. some haunted items. That is cool. I would yeah, like to see that. I don't, but the haunted items just, holly, dude, I hate the, I hate the residue. Gosh. That's Bring Florida water with you. <sighs> you need to get rid of that residue. Yeah, I know. I You'll just, just have that smell. <sighs> Yeah, so I can smell like that, or I can have the residue. Yeah, I know. But it's it's one of those, yeah, so that'll be a fun time, too. I'll, I'll have, to, have to tell you about that. But, yeah, so anyways, well, we're getting to about the 45-minute mark on here, and I know probably most of you are about done, here about done listening to us here, about talking about all this. Although we do appreciate all the, all the folks that do listen to us. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, I did actually respond to a listener. Uh, he emailed, and I'm sorry that we didn't get to it sooner, but uh, if you do have any questions, you always can email us at magic, with a K, for info, at gmail.com, and we will be more than happy to answer any questions that you have, or if we can't find you an instantaneous answer, we certainly can look it up or point you in the right direction, and after all, once again, this is just fun, folks, that's what we talked about the other night. Oh, yeah. And next week we are going to talk about divination. Yep. Um, we will be talking about um, tarot, mm -hmm. runes, mm -hmm. and bones. Yep. Um, how to use them, what some of them are better at than others. Um, and I'm going to do a uh, tarot reading for Daniel before we start. And we'll talk a little bit about that on air. Uh, cool. Just doing it while we're going is going to slow everything down. And be so. extremely boring, because once again, this is basically radio, not television. Precisely. So, yeah, it probably wouldn't be very entertaining. And then, yeah, it's one of those, 
we'll uh, we'll let Brittany throw some bones or something like that. And you know, it's one of those I, especially in my younger days, I used to really be able to throw bones. Anyways, uh, ha ha. Um, There's a little dad also, joke for y'all. I'll also share some tips and tricks for using some of the different divination techniques that we have. Um, we'll also talk a little bit. Not too much, but a little bit about some of the more obscure ones, scrying, etc. Oh, yeah. Uh, like using dowsing rods. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys. Like I said, I'm Daniel. I'm Alex. And we will catch you next time.